0: The following is a reflection on the readings for Tuesday of the third week of Advent. The first reading is taken from Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 1-2 and 9-13. The responsorial is Psalm 34 and the Gospel is Matthew chapter 21, verses 28-32. to Our two readings are very much related in theme. Jesus tells the leaders of Israel, that is the chief priests and the scribes, a parable concerning two sons. The first son, asked by his father to go into the vineyard and work, said no, but later changed his mind and went. The second son, when asked the same question, said yes, I will go, sir, but did not follow through. The shock to the leaders was when Jesus said, you are the second son. What is Jesus referring to? God in the Old Testament made Israel his chosen people, his firstborn son. As such, they were blessed with covenants of love, which brought them into a favored friendship with the Lord. God showered gifts on his people, consisting of the Torah, wisdom literature, and various prophets to remind them of their responsibilities, the primary one of which was to be holy. As well, they were to live in such a way that the other pagan nations would see how God blessed them and want to convert, that is, give up their idols. Unfortunately, Israel's history was one of many verbal affirmations that they would keep the covenant and do God's will, yet in the end did not obey. Worse still, Israel engaged in idolatry with the surrounding nations that weakened them so much that they were subject to their enemies. Today's first reading from the prophet Zephaniah identifies the problem. The word of the Lord that came to Zephaniah concerning Jerusalem Ah, soiled, defiled, oppressing city, it has listened to no voice, it has accepted no correction, it has not trusted in the Lord, it has not drawn near to its God. Zephaniah began ministering about the year 627 B.C., the same time as Jeremiah. Both warned Judah to repent before it was too late. Although there was some revival, it did not last long. 12 years after the death of the prophet Zephaniah, Babylon invaded Judah. One of the criticisms by Zephaniah was that Israel said one thing but did the opposite. They professed the faith but lived as if God could not see them. In response, Zephaniah prophesied in today's first reading that a day would come when this sickness would be healed. Quote, At that time I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech, that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord. For I will leave in the midst of you a people humble and lowly. They will seek refuge in the name of the Lord, the remnant of Israel. They shall do no wrong and utter no lies. Nor shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouths. Then they will pasture and lie down, and no one shall make them afraid. What Zephaniah faced 700 years before the Incarnation Jesus also confronted with the chief priests and elders of Israel in today's gospel. These leaders said yes to God by their office and title, yet refused to repent when John the Baptist preached in the desert and when Jesus opened his ministry with the words, Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Worse still, they consistently challenged Jesus' identity and authority and would eventually put him to death. These leaders had a veneer of holiness, yet their hearts were far from God. On the other hand, tax collectors and prostitutes who originally said no to God by their lifestyle repented at John the Baptist's urging and became friends with Jesus. This issue at the heart of Jesus' parable challenges us all because it highlights the gap that can exist between words and actions, between professions of faith and works of charity. The gap causes division in our hearts that we recognize and lament over. When we are not one with our deepest self, peace is elusive. This issue of integrity has practical implications in key areas of our lives, such as finances, relationships, what we watch on the Internet, how we treat co-workers and family members. Our witness to Christ will depend on our unity of life. The good news is that the first son changed his no to a yes, so also with God's grace we can allow that conversion to bring us into the harmony of Christ, the ideal son of the father who always said yes both in word and deed, and his mother who unconditionally gave her fiat, let it be done to me according to your will. What is helpful in this process is a daily examination of conscience whereby we evaluate how far the gap has widened, and then repent, calling upon the name of the Lord, as the prophet Zephaniah exhorted. Also helpful is the virtue of humility, where we recognize our dependence on God for everything. The problem with the chief priests and elders in Jesus' day, together with the scribes and Pharisees, is that they puffed themselves up, were more concerned with outward appearances and status rather than the inner life of obedience to God. Consequently, they would not associate with those they considered beneath themselves, unclean the tax collectors and prostitutes, the very people who were in need of mercy and compassion. They did not have the mind of Christ as St. Paul exhorts in Philippians chapter 2, so as to consider others better than themselves. In their arrogance... They missed Christ altogether. The Beatitudes point us in the right direction. Blessed are the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. May our response be that of today's psalmist. I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Look to him and be radiant, so your faces shall never be ashamed. This poor soul cried, and he was heard by the Lord, and was saved from every trouble.